0: Revelation chapter number one, stand with me if you will when you find your place, <clears throat> like I said please pray for me this morning, there's been a lot of time, I was tell, told Sam this morning I said there's been a lot of time during this uh, past few weeks all I've been able to do is pray, so uh, when I got back in my study and and had spent some time in the word, the Lord's richly blessed my study in the past few weeks, but It's amazing when you don't have the strength to do it, you miss it. And so I appreciate getting back in the Word. Look in Revelation chapter number 1, and we'll begin in, in verse number 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches, the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches verse number 1 of chapter 2 under the angel of the church of ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks i know thy works and i labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, nevertheless, (coughs) I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the, work, the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. But this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans which I also hate. He that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches to him that overcometh will I give to eat the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verse 8, and unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write these things, saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of the, those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou Faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Verse, go down to verse 12 with me. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Go down to verse 18 with me, please. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write these things, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like a fine brass. I know thy works in charity and service and faith, and thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols I'll skip down to chapter 3 verse 1 with me and unto the angel of the church in Sardis write these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars I know thy works that thou, are, thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for I have not found thy works perfect before God Look down to verse 14 with me. I know we're skipping across a lot, but I'm trying to build the, the picture here for you. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness. In beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works, and thou art, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for being our God, and we thank you for being so good to us and how you bless us. Lord, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve your, your goodness, but, God, you bestow it upon us anyway. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. I pray for those that are sick, those that are not able to be here with us this morning. We pray that you would help them and strengthen them through, and by your power. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. We see the seven churches represented as these seven golden candlesticks here in Revelation, and our Savior Jesus Christ is talking directly to these New Testament churches, and Five out of these churches he has some issues with and he tells them that they're in need of repentance, that they need to get right, that there's something wrong between them and their fellowship with him. Two of these churches he does not rebuke and he does not call to repentance. One of those churches that God does not rebuke and call to repentance but rather celebrates, I would like to look at with you this morning the church of Philadelphia. But before we can get to that point, we've got to understand what it is Jesus is saying and what it is Jesus is calling for these other churches to do. The church of Ephesus, there beginning in chapter 2, <coughs> verse 1, the church at Ephesus, we see it. The Bible says in verse 1, Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith He that holdeth the seven stars in the right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. So there's obviously some good things going on at Ephesus. Uh, Jesus sees their works and Jesus sees their labor, but... Uh, And and even says in verse 3, and and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. But verse 4 he says, nevertheless I have someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love. You see the church at Ephesus, they had uh, uh, fallen out of love with Jesus. He looks back over their, their history there at Ephesus and he sees them and he knows them and he celebrates their works and their labor, but they did not love Jesus like they once loved Jesus. And so I tell you this morning, if you don't love Jesus like you used to love Jesus, something ain't right. We should be growing in our love to him. Our our love with, with, with Christ should not be fading away as our relationship develops with him. But our love with him should grow richer and richer as the days go by. And so he says that he has an issue with them because they left their first love. Verse 5, it says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Look down at verse 8, the church of Smyrna. I'm going to have to hurry. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write these things, saith the first and the last, which was dead and alive. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, for ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So this church here at Smyrna, they were a troubled church. They were a a persecuted church, but they were an assured church. He said, uh, um, follow me, uh, stay faithful to me. You have been faithful to me. He says there, I like verse 9, he says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. See, this church here at Smyrna, there was no offense recorded and there was no repentance required Smyrna was not was one of the two churches that that Jesus addresses here in the book of Revelation that that he did not require repentance from because they were in the fire they were in the tribulation they were in the they were they were facing the worst of the worst and so Jesus he is here he says Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He he doesn't have repentance needed from them, but he says just hold the faith, and I'll give you a crown of life. Going down to verse number 12, we're going to look very quickly at the church of Pergamos. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write these things, saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges, I know thy works. And where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because hast there them that hold the doctrine of Bala, who taught Balak, to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto the idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou, so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto you thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. We see judgment coming down upon this church here at Pergamos. You, they, in verse 13, they were recognized for their work. Uh, They had done some some good things. They had done some good works. They had uh, done some things in Jesus' name that he sees and he recognizes. Uh, They were faithful at times to his name. They had faced persecution. They had faced hard times. But what you see is that this paganism Uh, of the doctrine of Balaam, that the the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, these things had came in and had taken effect in the things of the church of Pergamos. And see, what happened in in Pergamos is that there were, uh, in order for Pergamos to continue in their society, they had to adopt things of the society. And God won't have that. He looks at that church, and although he sees that they had done things in his name, He sees that they had served him in the past. He sees that they had been faithful for things. They had let some junk in the church that separated their fellowship with him. And that junk is junk of the world. And the doctrine of the world has no business in the church. No business in the church. And what happens is well and good intended people make changes so that they can be acceptable to the society. But you see, I'm not here to try to conform to the society in which I live. I'm here to conform to the Jesus which I serve. I want to be more like him. I want to, to, to grow to be more like him. I want to grow to serve him more and more and to go and grab a doctrine in the world to be able to, to make life a little bit easier in the world, to get through things a little bit easier in the world, to, to get through the society with a little bit uh, less flack and a little bit less hardship. That's wrong. And he calls them out on it. They had been persuaded and changed by opinion. Verse 18, we've got to hurry. There's a lot to talk about. Thyatira is very interesting here because he is very upset with the church in Thyatira. Verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write these things, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like a fine brass, he even starts different when he starts talking to, to this church in Thyatira. I know thou works in charity and service and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. So he says, I know that you've worked. I know that you've served. I know that you've given. I know that you've done all these things. I know that you've got faith. But I've got an issue with you. What does he say? Verse 20, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that committeth adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the rains And hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But in you I say, and unto and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already. Hold fast till I come. And so, what we see is that there's sexual immorality that has gotten into the church of Thyatira. And, and God takes that very, very seriously. This sexual immorality comes from someone who uh, was claiming to be someone in a position of power. And, and, and this Jezebel had been lifted up and had, had been promoted at the, as the prophetess there in, in Thyatira. And the issue with that is someone with low morality was exalted to a position of power and it corrupts the church. And someone who doesn't need to be in a position is in a position, and their low, low moral standards created low moral standards in the church. And those low, low moral standards were sexual immorality. And I, I know this is, this is not the message you come preach after, you about, after you've been gone for two weeks, but this is what I'm preaching this morning. This fornication and and eating this meat sacrificed to idols, this was corruption brought from those that had been exalted and lifted up in leadership in the church of Thyatira. They were told to repent. Let's go over to chapter 3, verse 1, the church of Sardis. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write these things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works that thou hast a name, and that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. And so the people there in Sardis had become like the society. They had become wicked and and Jesus looks down even upon this church this morning at every heart in here and he knows who cares. He knows who doesn't care. He knows who has uh, put on a fake aid and he knows who's put a mask on to come this morning. He knows who is genuine. He knows who has spent time with him in his word. He knows who has been faithful in their prayer life. He knows those things. That's not for me to know, not for you to know. He alone knows and he looks down at this church in Sardis and he tells them to repent because he looks down and he knows that there are few that haven't defiled their garments. In other words there are a few that haven't went out and gotten themselves out in the world and living in the world and, and, and mucked up by the world and gotten dirty in the world and he tells them to repent. Look at Laodicea probably the most popular church to be preached on from these verses verse 14 and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things saith the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And and these are this is probably the most well known uh, uh, conversation that we think of when we think about these churches addressed here in Revelation is this church in in Revelation, the lukewarm church. I I think about this and I always think about when I was a teenager and I'd be having a hard time making a decision and I'd be talking to my parents about it and my mother would always say, you can't straddle the fence forever. Amen? Amen? You can't straddle the fence forever. God's saying to the Laodicean church, you can't straddle this fence forever. I'd rather you be hot and just be on fire and love me and serve me. I'd rather you be cold and be indifferent to me rather than be lukewarm. So we see all these warnings to these churches. We see uh, uh, the, the churches that they had had history of good works. We'd seen that the churches that had had history of serving the Lord. We'd seen uh, churches that had had a history of being faithful to his word. We'd seen churches who, who, who used to serve him and used to be on fire. Uh, we see churches who are lukewarm and indifferent. They just they just don't really care anymore. We see churches that left their first love. Man, I want to preach this morning. Uh, but we see churches that just, they, 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 they've turned away. The people in the church are wicked. The people are ungodly, and judgment's going to come down on them. It's a serious thing, church, because not only do we see these scriptures applicable to this day, And I believe literally this letter distributed to these seven churches. This is applicable in this day in which these folks were living, but it's applicable in our day today. Is that there is a majority of churches out there, they got something to repent of. They used to have a day. They used to have a day where they were serving. They had a day uh, where they were charitable. They had a day where they were, they were given to the Lord. They had a day where they were, were, were given their, their, their lives and their, their, their dedication to God. But at this very moment, God is looking down upon them with judgment because they have left their first love. And my challenge to you this morning, as we begin to look at the church of Philadelphia quickly in just a moment, is that we be like the church of Philadelphia. Because what we find about the church of Philadelphia is that he looked down on them and he loved them and he saw dedication from them and he was pleased with them. And that's what I want God to look down upon Mountain View Baptist Church and see the dedication at Mountain View Baptist Church. You see, people ask me, what's it like being in the full-time ministry? It's different because... When your when you're direct report is God the creator of the earth, that's a little different than your boss down the hall. That's a little different than my boss across, across the way that I used to be able to, to, to go to, and I dread say, hey, it's different. And we all should take that to heart in the fact that the one that we serve is not of this world. The one that, that, that we serve created this world. The one that is looking down upon us and judging how we do and how we live and how we serve. The one that we report to is God the creator of the earth. That's a big deal. Philadelphia. Let's look at Philadelphia. Verse 7. And an angel in the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, But do lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold Hold that fast which thou hast, and know that no man take thy crown. This church here at Philadelphia, I want to notice a few things this morning about a mighty church with little strength. The one that we serve, the one that we answer to, the one that holds us accountable for how things are operated, the one that looks down upon me as your pastor, and, 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 and I'm held accountable based off of his word. He is God, the creator of the earth. He's God, my creator. He's God, my savior. He's God, my redeemer. He's the God of judgment. But the one that looks down upon you, church, you're held accountable as well. We don't go to heaven as the church. Amen? You individually are held accountable. But us corporately, one with another, God looks down upon us and we are judged as a church. God looks at Mountain View Baptist Church and he has things that he likes, that he's happy with, that he's pleased with. But there may be some things that he's not pleased with. And it's important that we're honest about these things and that we deal with these things. And it takes us corporately working together to face these things and to get over them and be forgiven of them and get past them so that we can be as effective as possible as Mountain View Baptist Church. But see, Philadelphia, he says there, and this this stuck out to me so much in verse 8, I know that works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength. Thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word. Let's see, other churches, he says, I know thy works. I know your charity. I know all these, I see all these things. I've seen all these amazing things that you've done. But what he says to Philadelphia, that a church that he does not tell to repent, a church that he is happy with, he says, you're a church of little strength. You see, we don't have to be this great big giant of a church to be powerful. There's churches, and I'm not bad-mouthing churches this morning. I'm just being honest. There's churches this morning packed to the brim but have no effectiveness because they left their first love. There's churches elbow to elbow. They got the loud music. They got the, the their, their There are people falling up on the floor. They're they're having deliverances and having healings and speaking in tongues and doing all these loud things. And people walk out the door every Sunday unchanged because Jesus Christ is not first and foremost in their church. There's churches packed full with, with bank accounts that are overflowing with money, but they have no effectiveness because they left their first love. There's churches full of children and, and, year, and year, years go by and days go by and months go by and nothing ever changes. Nobody ever moves. Nobody's ever saved. There's never any good report because they won't be hot and they won't be cold. But Philadelphia, a church of little strength, God was pleased with Philadelphia because they kept his word and they did not deny his name. You see, Philadelphia, they were addressed differently. And to the angel, verse 7, unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy. You see, they were having holy fellowship with a holy God. And if we're not a holy church, we're not going to be able to have holy fellowship. And if we can't have holy fellowship, we're going to be like all the other churches that need to repent. Amen. Thank you, brother. He that is true. He that hath the key of David he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth I know thy works behold I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it you see God was opening doors for Philadelphia, the church of little strength because they kept the faith when they didn't have much reason to all the other churches they had they had extra money to give to charity they had they had a Bounds and bounding, bounding people, no doubt people of, of charisma, certainly people of charisma. You see, read the reports of, of, of what's went on in those other churches and how, how certainly there were churches uh, uh, there, there, during this day of, of, of great charisma and great things and loud things and, and happy things and big spectacles and big shows. That wasn't Philadelphia. Philadelphia was just a little church of little strength, but God was pleased with them. Well, what interests me about that? You see, this was a mighty church. You say, well, it don't sound like a mighty church. It was a mighty church. Why? They weren't mighty because of their magnificent acts of healing. They weren't having big big, big healing parties down at Philadelphia. They, 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 they weren't having big, big, huge services with screaming and shouting and slapping upside the head uh, somebody with a, with a blessed snot rag kind of thing. They weren't having those kinds of services down at Philadelphia. That's not what was going on down there. They weren't having miraculous signs of tongues and the casting outs of demons. They weren't having those big, huge, amazing things that, that people love to see and people lo- are entertained by. They weren't having the, that type of entertainment down there in Philadelphia. They weren't having marvelous choir music that was reverberating in the Near East. They weren't having this, this big, loud choir get up. And sing to the top of their lungs. And all of Philadelphia knew, man, church is going on. They didn't have multitudes in their area that was surrendering to Christ. They didn't have people marching like ants from miles and miles away coming down to Philadelphia to know Jesus. They didn't have many that would flock down to Philadelphia to hear their pastor. Oh, man, you got to go hear Pastor so and so down at Philadelphia. He's so good, my goodness. The whole society obsessed with them. Everybody wants to hear them. People listening through the doors. No, I think Philadelphia was a little country church. The Bible says they had little strength. You know what a service at Philadelphia might have been like? You go in. You sit in the back. There's a lot of empty seats. You kind of think for just a minute, man, Kind of an empty auditorium here. The service gets started. Someone sings. Someone plays the piano. And they're both a little bit off key. You think, man, it's a little bit off key. That piano, I've heard one played a little better. My goodness. I've been to Sardis. You've been to, you've been to Sardis? Have you been to Laodicea? My goodness. Their organist. Amazing. I've been down to Thyatira. And that preacher. My goodness, this is, this is different. They sing the congregational and a little weak preacher gets behind the pulpit. And he preaches gospel message and he's not screaming and he's not shouting he's not waving his hanky nobody's jumping and hooping and hollering and swinging from the chandeliers jumping across the the pews the choir sings and they just don't they're not the best singers see what I'm getting at is you go to a church service in Philadelphia It doesn't look like, it doesn't sound like what we think a good church service looks like and sounds like. But what you will hear is a preacher with the power of the Holy Ghost stand and preach the word. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you will hear is a choir sounds a little out of tune. A piano that maybe needs to be tuned up pretty good. A band that maybe doesn't sound like Thyatira, but they're praising the Lord. And they don't have a lot of strength to do what they're doing. But the people that are in the seats, the people that are there, they're always there. And the people that are here are always faithful. And the people that are present always pray for those that aren't able to be around. And always have a heart for the other people in Philadelphia. And I know that things ain't like they used to be. And I know that that people aren't coming like they used to. And I know that we haven't seen God move in some time here in Philadelphia. But if we'll just keep coming, if we'll just stay faithful, if we'll just sing from our heart, if we'll just preach from our heart, if we'll just let the Spirit lead, God will bless us. And God will look down. And God will see a church like that. And God will be pleased with a church like that that doesn't satisfy anybody's entertainment, that doesn't make anybody in the world happy about how they're singing about how they're preaching, make, make them think, uh, you can't make anybody in the world think that Philadelphia's got something good going on. But God looks down, and he looks at Thyatira with all their loud music, and he's not pleased with them because their heart ain't right. And he looks down at Laodicea, and he's not pleased with them because they won't get on the right side of the road. And he looks down at Sardis, and, and he's, he's happy, but, he's, but well, what's missing is somebody who is looking to serve the Lord. See, we ain't got to be a mighty church. We ain't got to be a loud church church we ain't got to sing perfectly we ain't got to play perfectly we ain't got to do anything but serve God and if we'll serve him he'll be pleased with us and we won't be standing in the sights of God's judgment there's a lot of places making a lot of noise that God is not happy with them but Philadelphia you go there and if you ain't careful you think that was a dud but God's all in it. Because I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. And thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. It's not about the lights. It's not about the sound. It's not about the show. It's not about none of that other stuff. There's plenty of other places you can go and you can get all that. But the church, the mighty church with a little strength, the little strength we have, if we can give it to Jesus, he can use it. You see, they had a little strength, but they trusted Christ. They had a little strength, but they kept his word. They had a little strength, but they didn't pursue worldly tricks and methods. They had little strength but they maintained their humility. They had a little strength but they stayed content. See that was the problem at these other churches. This is 2000 years ago, folks. This this junk that's going on today was going on then. It's been the same thing. Oh man. Now at tire. We got we got 2,000 people coming. What are we going to do? Lay it to see it. They don't care. We got 2,000 coming. It'll be over. They're going to keep coming. As long as they're putting the money in the offer plate, we're fine. But you know, you think those other churches, and I'm, a lot of this is just speculation. I'll be honest with you. But it interests me as to why God was pleased with Philadelphia. They didn't have anything to give him. I mean, what what, what did they have to, to bring to the table? He said, I know thy works. Thou hast kept the faith. That means a lot. Sticking with the stuff, sticking with the word, staying true to Christ is what makes the difference.